It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Yes, sports fan, 970 WATH, 97.1 FM. Big welcome into the show a Monday. Finally, the first full Monday after a full NFL football weekend. Reds are off tonight, meaning we are on for the whole hour. Who is we? Well, that is me, Lucas Moore, and to my left, my friend, counterpart, and boss, Troy Bolin in studio. And we've got a lot of fun things to get to in football Joey Football. Will he make the SEC look like the TVC? We'll get into that in just a second. Nathan Rourke, strep throat, a little bit of sick. I'll make some excuses for the Bobcats a little later in the show. Browns fans, ha-ha, we'll get into that. I don't, I don't really need to comment anything else beyond that. Bengals surprised as well. Another team in the state of Ohio, plus general thoughts from NFL Week 1. And UTVC Ohio fans, you Trimble Tomcat fans, don't worry. We'll get to you at the end of the show as well. So, so much football to get into, and I want to start here. I, I want to start with a comparison, and I know it's outlandish, and I know that some people might call me crazy for it, but Joe Burrow impressed me more than I think any quarterback has ever impressed me in my life. He was 31 of 39, 471 passing yards, Four touchdowns and clutch throw after clutch throw in a top 10 matchup on the road against the Texas Longhorns. An absolutely masterful performance from the LSU quarterback. Masterful performance. And he made throws in that game. What I was waiting for was Joe Burrow to make some throws that I knew he would need to make if he wanted to succeed at the NFL level. Well, we saw that and saw that in droves. And then you just can turn to the off-field stuff. Because I don't think Joe Burrow is ever going to have a Tua-type arm, a Patrick Mahomes-type arm in terms of strength. But his accuracy, 87.5% adjusted completion percentage. That's when you take out drops or passes tipped to the line. That's absurd. That's absolutely incredible. So he's good enough to throw in the NFL. We know that. He's good enough to throw in the NFL. So you go to the off-field stuff. You go to the intangibles, the it factor. And Joe Burrow shares four qualities with a very, very famous NFL player. I think four qualities that describe Joe Burrow off the field. And Troy, let me know if you disagree with me. I think the four qualities that describe Joe as a person beyond football is number one, family. Both both his mother, father, brothers, who all played football, uh, other than the mother, but it's a football family through and through. And then the family that is Athens. He's constantly back here. He's constantly talking to Coach White and Coach Adams and, and Sam Smathers at the dog pound. That's family to him. Number one, family. Number two, dedication. Dedication to himself, improvement, and dedication to the sport of football and learning it and getting better. Where his eyes were, how he learned Joe Brady's offense in just one offseason, his dedication to the LSU football program, and before that, his dedication to Ohio State, and before that, his dedication to the green and gold in the Plains. All those things are what define Joe Burrow. Number three, leadership. The guy can lead a group of men. He can get a group of men to believe in him. I think Ed Orgeron follows Joe Burrow more than Joe Burrow follows Ed Orgeron. He's inspired that entire program. And number four, 
fearlessness. Kid ain't scared. He ain't scared of Texas. He wasn't scared at Ohio Stadium in the state championship game. He's never been scared. And I really do think those four qualities are shared. Those four distinct qualities are only shared by one other NFL quarterback off the top of my head. And that's Tom Brady. Tom Brady family. Go watch the Brady Six documentary. What, what, what is he like? He loves his father. He loves his mother. He loves his family. He loves where he comes from. He's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he's been doubted before. Joe Burrow, three-star recruit. There's that chip. Dedication. Is anybody more dedicated to football than Tom Brady? Leadership. What, what do we talk about? Tom Brady all the time. Leadership. Leadership. And we know Tom Brady's fearless. And, and it just blows me away because I knew the kid had these characteristics. These it factors. These off-field stories that you hear. 10, 12 high school kids being inspired enough to practice every day with Joe Burrow. That type of leadership. That type of preparation. That type of dedication. And now he's paired it with the ability to make NFL throws in big-time situations. I don't care if his arm strength is the level of Tua Tugaviola or Justin Herbert or all these other guys that will probably end up going ahead of him in the draft because I think a lot of NFL scouts are still blind. But if anybody understands how to play the quarterback position, Joe Burrow demonstrated that more than I've seen in the past four or five years at college football. He is a quarterback. He is exactly what you want at the quarterback position. And if I were any NFL franchise and he were available to me in the first round, I would take him. I would 100% take him. Um, Tua might be the only quarterback still I'd take over. Uh, And that's how impressive Saturday night was to me, Troy. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really speak to all the things you said about the the qualities. I mean, I I really don't know the backstory of all the other 31 starting quarterbacks. I mean, you could make a case that Drew Brees is everything that you said as well. Well, there's another Hall of Famer. That's a good comparison. Yeah. And um, I was pretty impressed. He played a really good game. It's really just kind of watching what we watched for a long time at Athens, though. He's just doing a lot of the same things. I've seen him do them a hundred times. It was just finally glad to get him into an offense to where he could kind of do the things that he's used to doing. So it didn't shock me. I, I've i seen him do the, make those throws a hundred times. I've seen him play the way he did I don't, just every Friday night for, what, three years. But we 14, didn't see it last games. year. I mean, let's well, be honest I, yeah, about last year. Yeah, I know we didn't year. see it last year. That's because he was under center with two wide receivers en route. It was a whole different animal. I mean, he was in a completely different offense. Joe's strengths are uh, his his ability to read a defense quickly and knowing where to go with the football. But last year, they only had two receivers en route, sometimes a tight end. You're not really playing to a quarterback's strengths yeah, nobody if was you open. have a direct line. Okay, this guy's going to run a post. This guy's coming back with a flag. Those are your two options. You need to hit one of them. That's not what he does. He's able to decipher three, four, five receivers in pattern, find the mismatch, find the open guy, and then hit that guy very quickly. And Friday night, you, or Saturday night, you could tell he was throwing NFL-type throws in, in the way that he was throwing them before the receiver was even out of their break. And that makes it almost impossible for a defender to defend. That was his uh, you know, his quickness of reading the defense and knowing where his his four or five receivers are going to be. So, yeah, that the, I was glad that he's finally in an offense that I know he can run. That plays to his strengths. That's what it is. And it was pretty cool to watch. It's a great game, man. It was an awesome game. Yeah, and anybody that would say, well, he's just throwing to a lot of really talented receivers, 76% of his yardage, Troy, was through the air, meaning only 16% of it. Wait, yes. No, 14% of it. No, 24. 24%. Man, bad math. Only 24% of the yardage was after the catch. Of 471 yards of passing in a football game, 76% of that came through the air. 
meaning he threw those yards. He dominated that game. I mean, he is a he is one of the three front runners for the Heisman Trophy. All those things are true about Joe Burrow. And I really think he is on a mission to wreck everybody's opinion of him that they held in the offseason. I, I think he was able to... De- the ball come, is coming out of his hand better. His arm strength got better. He is just sorely dedicated to being better at the quarterback position. And, and that's what's going to propel him through an NFL career. I really do believe that. Um, and, and I just know his attitude, his demeanor, the way he's taking control of this situation. And I know that if a team like the Bengals drafted him, it wouldn't be long till he beat out Andy Dalton for the job. And Andy Dalton is, as you saw this weekend, an average to above average NFL quarterback. I, I just don't think Joe Burrow is going to get beat by any individual in any drills. I, I just think that's that's outside of his character. And that's the same characteristic we heard about Tom Brady. And, and Burrow reminded me of Brady time and time again in that game because he, he wasn't throwing it as hard as he physically could. It had touch. It had placement. It was placed. They were easy to catch. That That feels like a real strength to Brady. No, he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, he's not Tua. He can't whip the ball. He doesn't throw a perfect spiraler every time. But that's not what makes great quarterbacks. And we've seen that with the greatest quarterback of all time. The second greatest quarterback of all time, Joe Montana, he really couldn't whip the football either. He was accurate. He was. He had touch. He was a good leader, and he had a good coaching staff. If Joe Burrow lands with the correct staff that knows what to do with him, and I think the correct staff will draft him. Don't be surprised if he's a Patriot, by the way. Hmm. Um well, today they actually had a mock draft, had him going to the Chargers at like 19. That's the first I've seen of anybody moving him up into the first round. Uh, so that was kind of cool uh, just to see them kind of take that recognition. Of course, now he's being thrown in with Heisman things. But I'm sure if Joe was standing here right now, he would just say, hey, pipe down a little bit. We've only played two games. Uh, we got a long way to go. Which that should really- be his answer. I know. And that's that's really how he thinks. And he doesn't even really think about him, his career, all that good stuff. I mean, the first thing that came out of his mouth in every interview Saturday night was, man, my my line played really well. They gave me protection to do this. And I, and I really think that he just believes or truly thinks that uh, game by game, we're here to win this game. Uh, he doesn't even probably care if he throws it 50 times. He just wants to win the game that he's about to play. Great attitude. He's always been that way. Coach White actually instilled that in him. Uh, the whole team, when they were sophomores, he really got him to buy into that only control today. The game is Friday. This is all we're going to think about. This is all we're going to concentrate on. Get better today. Try to win that game Friday. And I think he's carried that into his college career. He's probably not thinking NFL. He's not thinking Heisman. He's not thinking of any of that stuff. He's thinking about whoever they're playing next Saturday. He's probably still celebrating a little bit because that was a big moment. But he's so grounded and he's such a team player. He just wants to win. And I think that's um, you know that makes him special yeah. in his own right too, I guess. But those are all the same qualities that you heard about at Tom Brady when he was at yeah. Michigan. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that though, Lucas. It's not just Tom Brady. I mean, just Tom Brady. You're bringing. But how up. many how many of those guys are 31 of 39 for 471 and four touchdowns, a 91 grade on PFF, 76 percent of the yardage through the air, and like an 88 percent adjusted completion? Not many. Yeah, not many. He had a great game. There's just no denying. It was a game. He had a great game. So. I'm disappointed that you're trying to temper expectations, but I, but I also I, I don't want to blow him up. I mean, it's just two games, and then Texas is not Alabama. Texas is is not going to be Auburn's defense. Texas is not going to be Florida's defense. <clears throat> the SEC plays the five of the top ten teams right now in the SEC. 
LSU's going to play a lot but of his, them. But his success this year has, I don't care if he goes out and gets shut out by Alabama again. That does not determine how, how I think he can be as an NFL quarterback. Unless he completely tanks this year, my opinion won't change. Because what I saw there is if he gets into an NFL system, not saying rookie year, not saying right away, but if he gets to an NFL system, learns from the proper coach, and develops and work on his game, as you know he's going to do, he will be a great quarterback. Look at Tom Brady's arm strength increase from age 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, works on his body, takes care of his health, is so dedicated to the quarterback position, and everything I've heard about this kid since he was 15 indicates that same thing. That's a special quality. Uh, Honestly, that is not a thing you hear about guys all the time across college football. It's not. Some people would say that they hear those stories, but a lot of these guys in college football are four or five-star athletes that learn to throw the ball, they learn some offenses, and some of those guys make it. But a large majority of the guys that make it in the NFL are, are guys that were counted out, doubted, had to work on their game, were a little less talented, so they had to learn to read defenses, and that's why they have success in the NFL. Phillip Rivers, North Carolina State. Tom Brady, doubted as a backup at Michigan, was... Tried to get sat by Drew Henson his senior year. Ben Roethlisberger, Miami University. Russell Wilson overlooked at Wisconsin, right? Just time and time again. They don't come from, they're not always star players at, at some point. They're not always five-star recruits. NFL quarterbacking is much different. And Joe Burrow proved to me, no matter what he does this year, Heisman or they go you know, seven and five, this guy's going to be an NFL quarterback and this guy's going to succeed in the NFL. Another quarterback I wasn't impressed with, and and, and that's because... He had strep throat. That was Nathan Rourke. At least rumors of strep throat, some kind of illness that broke at midnight. And this was a story we heard before the game. Nathan Rourke said in press conferences, it's no excuse. We knew he would say that, but I'm going to go ahead and make the excuse for it. He looked lethargic. He looked sick. He looked unable to run. Tim Albin was forced to cut the offense in probably half um, the day before the game. Uh, The defense played ferocious against Pitt. They had some moments. Kenny Pickett's not that good. Pitt's not going to be very good. Um... I'm really not very confident in Pitt, although I'm not sure on the Penn State Pitt pick this week because Penn State didn't look all that great against Buffalo either. But Nathan Rourke was sick, and I think that's all you can chalk up this Bobcats loss to, 20-10 to defeat. He was sick, and when your quarterback is sick and that's the driving force of your offense, that matters. But what we did learn is that this offensive line, it needs Nathan Rourke to be regular Nathan Rourke to be successful. And I'm not sure you could have said that about last year's offensive line. I think last year's team finds a way to grind out yards on the ground, even with Rourke um, incapacitated the way he was. But this team, it can't. It needs Rourke to be active in the pocket. It needs Rourke to control the offense. It needs Rourke to run, um, to open up and to be successful. Um, but they still competed against an ACC team, so I guess it isn't uh, all the bad news. You you watched the Bobcats game. Um, you had them at 12 because you teased it, which is smart. Um, but what were your thoughts from Ohio's performance against Pittsburgh? I think Pittsburgh played. Uh, actually, I know Pittsburgh's a pretty darn good defense. The defensive line is very. I good. mean, it's probably the best defense Ohio's going to face all year. So they hung with them. I mean, they played him tough. I don't even know if a healthy Nathan Work makes a difference. Uh, maybe, maybe he does. Uh, but uh, they, I think they're just overmatched a little bit in the trenches. I mean, it, it looked like a MAC team playing a. You know, a pretty darn good ACC team, although Pitt got hammered by Virginia. So I don't, we'll have to wait to see how the season plays out and how well they do. But really, I, I had that game as a loss from day one. So it's not like I was disappointed uh, or shocked. I was actually kind of celebrating because I, I took them plus 12 on a best. So I, I was feeling good. Uh, I feel bad for the Cats that they lost. I mean, it would have been cool. It takes a little bit of 
wind out of the sails in the notion that so much for the possibility of going undefeated and being another Northern Illinois or a Western Michigan, that's no longer it's no longer a possibility. But that's yeah. fine. I mean, that's fine. I mean, yeah, that was that was going to be like icing on the cake, right? Yeah, like that I mean, it's about a MAC championship. Yeah, so that's the bottom line. It's uh, it takes that out of the game, but uh, the big ones, the big one Saturday. I mean, that's that's a much bigger game uh, to me, anyways. The Marshall game, I think, is huge and uh, should be a lot of fun. They Marshall opened up as I think five and a half point favorites. Uh, they went and played Boise State really tough the other night. I watched that game. I think Marshall's a little better than I thought they were. That's gonna that, that could be a really good game Saturday night or is it, yeah it's nighttime right yes Saturday yes, night cool. in Huntington is it on TV or anywhere I believe so probably ESPN Plus uh, well I didn't say computer I said TV I don't I don't get on the online stuff like you guys do I want my big screen I want to up on my TV somewhere what is Marshall win what's their conference Conference USA ah uh, they don't have their own network so yikes hmm. probably not uh, maybe CBS Sports Network picks it up it's rivalry game Saturday yeah, there night. you go um but the thing with Marshall. Ohio is, I really like the Bobcats plus five and a half. Because look, uh, the lines are going to move towards Marshall because, let's be honest, not many people actually watch that Ohio game. And if they did, they didn't really follow the storylines. Do you know how many national reporters or, you know, people around aren't really looking at the storyline of Nathan Rourke being sick? It's not national. Is he going to be healthy, on. though? Strap throat's not something you get rid yeah, of. Yeah, it's a, a five day thing. Uh, let's assume that he's going to be healthy. Okay. If we assume that he's going to be healthy, and you imagine that Ohio is pretty ticked off about the rest of their performance, which they usually are, they play well against rivals under Frank Solich. They're going on a road, what will be an electric atmosphere, so you don't have to worry about that midweek match and dead crowd um, type of thing, where they, they come out with no energy. And, and I think that it, it's got turnaround written all over it um, for Nathan Rourke. Lowest QBR, by the way, 25, um, ESPN's QBR stat. Lowest QBR for Nathan Rourke in any full game of his career. Um, the only one was when he was taken out after three series against Howard a year ago. Um, so that was, he was sick. I mean, bottom line, there's no way you watch that game with the knowledge that he had to ride on a separate vehicle in transportation in Pittsburgh to not get the rest of the team sick. You cannot watch that game with that knowledge and not think that Nathan Rourke had some sort of illness or ailment um, that was hindering his performance. Now, the offensive line needed to play better, but I think they would have played better if Nathan Rourke wore his normal self, and they were able to roll the pocket a little bit more. They were able to get more quarterback-designed runs to keep that defensive line off balance, but they knew they could pin their ears back and get after Nathan Rourke because he really wasn't able to move. I mean, I'm sure you've had a sickness like strep throat. It just kind of sucks the energy right out of your legs. It becomes really, really hard to run. But I thought Nathan Rourke made some really good throws from the pocket. I thought he's I think he's really improved there. I think he's given himself a shot. A shot if he does really well at the combine. Frank Solich sings his praises. A definite shot to be drafted um, in the mid to late rounds in the NFL draft. Um, but he's no... I, I, I don't think he's any Joe Burrow. Um, and, and that is not an opinion that I really held over the summer. If you look at all the metrics, the QBR, the grading, how the ball came out of their hands, you know, you kind of had each in one hand, Joe Burrow, Nathan Rourke, but now it's clear. Um, Joe Burrow has completely proven himself. He is an elite quarterback at the college level, and I think he's going to be and should be a first-round NFL draft pick. And if he's not, oh, let him let him fall. Let him fall to the fourth round, Troy. Let Joe Burrow fall to the fourth round. Give him another reason to be pissed off for greatness. Well, if he keeps playing well, I mean, the you're probably looking at uh, he's move up into the second or the third. Um, 
I don't know. That's such a long ways away, man. I don't even want to speculate on that. There's a lot of games in the combine. They dissect you. You got all kinds of crazy stuff. I well, mean, I think knows? he's going to move. I think he's going to be high on draft board. He's going to be like Deshaun Watson was. Remember Deshaun Watson, the second after he beat Alabama, was the consensus number one overall pick. Everybody's like, Watson's going to the Browns. Browns got Watson. Cleveland, get ready for your Deshaun Watson party. And then all that momentum just evaporated as everybody started nitpicking his tape and saying he doesn't have a good enough arm for it and all that. That that, that, that will happen to Joe Burrow because when you watch it, he does not throw the ball as tight of a spiral or as hard, literally just physically as hard as Tua point blank period or as Justin Herbert Um, those guys just have better natural arm talent but arm talent is about a tenth a tenth of playing quarterback at the NFL level look at Gardner Minshew for the Jaguars that guy's got a ton of arm talent does that mean he's going to be a great quarterback no as soon as somebody gets tape on him will he be able to adjust that's the question we got a caller in on the sports fan just before we go to break caller your thoughts on Joe Burrow slash Nathan Rourke I thought it was wonderful. I felt like I was back at Athens High for three years watching them past all the boys there. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked somewhat like that. It looked like Athens' it, offense. It looked productive. It looked every bit like that. And I always said that years ago they always just had one or two people for receivers. Well, then you need five like that. That way they don't know where the ball's going. I tell you what, that's some of the best football bro- breakdown I've heard, Ethel. That is, that is right on the head because – when they spread it out like LSU did, it's very similar to Athens. It's just tough to guard all those guys. And Burrow is so quick with the reads, so good with the ball placement, that when you have that many weapons on the field, he's going to find one of them for sure. That's it. I mean, I just felt like it was back at Athens High. Right back at Athens High. Well, that's what we appreciate the call on the sports fan. Okay, I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Great call. And she's exactly right. LSU is going to be dangerous this year. Will they beat Bama? I think that's a separate question from whether Joe Burrow will be successful in the NFL or not. On the other side of the break, Browns fans, hey, listen, don't say I didn't tell you. It's a sports fan, 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. McFadden Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency in Nelsonville, serving clients all over the Buckeye State. The agency offers prompt and professional service for auto, home, business, and life insurance coverage that fits their customers' needs. Get in touch with their friendly staff today at 740-753-1905. McFadden Insurance Services is a proud sponsor of local athletics on Power 105 slash 970-WATH and WATH Sportsfan.com. Looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournament. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. 
Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Some doctors and caregivers tend to give lectures, but at Ohio Health, we believe in listening more than we talk and see ourselves as partners in your health, not prescribers. We believe your greatest source of strength is already within you. Because at Ohio Health, we believe in your power to be healthy. Discover your best health at ohiohealth.com slash webelieve. Valero is a proud sponsor of high school sports on 970 WATH and Power 105. Located in Uptown Athens and just off Route 33 on Columbus Road, Valero is the place to fill up both your gas tank and your tummy. Chips, drinks, snacks, and more all at your local Valero. Either the Uptown location or the location just off Route 33 on Columbus Road. And good luck to all area teams in the 2019 season. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. 740-592-6646, the number to call if you want to get in in the conversation. And I imagine Browns fans will be silent today. Um... Yeah, that was interesting on Sunday. What is was it not? 43 to 13 loss to the Tennessee Titans. Easiest plus five and a half I've ever had in my life. Shut up. Nobody asked you. You know you know what really I cleaned is a house on Sunday, Troy. I cleaned house on Sunday. You know how I got Ohio at plus twelve, right? Yeah. Because I teased it with the Browns. So I didn't win it. I didn't win my Ohio bet. Oh. Yeah, I lost it because of the Browns. I don't know. It, to me, when you're looking back at it, Tennessee is a well-coached team, plus five and a half. I mean, it's an NFL game. T- Titans are an NFL team. But let's just go back to like the conversations we had just before. And I was a Browns hater. I said, hey, this team, they've got some holes on the offensive line. That, that wasn't shored up. I said that they have a, an immense amount of talent. They have the amount of talent that could go 12-4 and four under the right coach if they aren't disciplined, if they can be well coached. And I thought Freddie Kitchens is going to be the number one problem for this team. And I thought that, hey, if they lost some games, the personalities could really bubble up. And I don't think this will go very well. I don't think they'll handle adversity well. I said all those things. You can go back on WATHSportsFan.com. Just go through all the episodes. I said them about the Cleveland Browns. If I could have handpicked a Sunday to make me look right, it was Sunday. Because, okay, so I was like, Freddie Kitchens, bad coach. You know, he's not going to do well. Well, I mean, anybody that knows football watched that game and said, man, the Browns got out-coached in that one. Out-coached from start to finish. And it's beyond penalties, too. They just got out-coached. Freddie Kitchens did not look like he knew what he was doing. I kept It didn't feel right at all watching that game. They got out-coached. Mike Vrabel's a very good coach for the Tennessee Titans, much better uh, than Freddie Kitchens. OBJ doing something crazy. Put that on the list, too. He wore a $350,000 watch on the field, and he had some really snide, unnecessary postgame comments. Is that about losing, or is that they didn't get the ball enough? Seven catches. I don't know. 
But it's a problem. You don't want to hear any snide postgame comments. You heard some snide postgame comments from Baker. Added throwing Baker three picks, too. Looking like the small, unathletic quarterback that he tends to be that struggled behind a bad offensive line. Add in that bad offensive line to one of the things I would have picked out to make me look right. Uh, tons of penalties, too. I mean, that probably would have been the biggest thing I asked for, is them to look undisciplined, somebody get ejected from the game, just tons of penalties, and then, boom, they hit some adversity and they can't bounce back from it at all. Well, 18 penalties, most since 1951 for the Browns, and after Derrick Henry ran for 75 yards at the end of that third quarter, the Browns gave up. They look like losers. They look like 0-16, never going to happen. Never going to happen. And that team is chock full of guys that have not won at the NFL. Freddie Kitchens hasn't won. OBJ has not won. And the one time he did win, he didn't have the sense to stay in New York and prepare for a playoff game. He took some pictures on a boat and dropped three key catches in a playoff game. There's no winning experience on this team, and they showed it because they couldn't bounce back from adversity. Now I'm going to pull back and say that the Browns are a great bet against the Jets because they are talented. This is a team that's built for prime time. They're built for the spotlight. OBJ's actually going to try this week because he knows the entire country's watching. Baker, the same thing. They're going to be ticked off for greatness, and the Jets are not that great of a team. They blew a game to the Buffalo Bills in Week 1. I like Darnold, but the Browns beat the Jets last year. I think they'll put on a show on Monday night, and everybody will be back on the Browns, but then every 1 p.m. Sunday, they're going to keep having these undisciplined, outcoached games, and they're going to finish 7-9, and nine, something like that, because go look at all the grades on Pro Football Focus. They did not play well, and I have not met a Super Bowl team, ladies and gentlemen, that gets beat 43-13 at home in the season opener when you had all preseason to prepare and commits 18 penalties. Show me the Super Bowl winner that's done that and you would surprise me. I don't think it's ever happened. Well, I certainly didn't have them winning a Super Bowl. So I, 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 oh, it's all the Cleveland fans. Uh, People had yeah. Super Bowl tattoos. I mean, I, I, mean, I still think New England and Kansas City were still head and shoulders above Cleveland. Uh, There's so many Browns I fans said, that are saying that today. I don't know. I said division winner. But I'm actually I'm, I'm a little worried about that. Although Pittsburgh did not look good. Cincinnati, I think, actually looked halfway decent. But I don't and then Baltimore, Baltimore looked fantastic, incredible. but we don't know how if that's, bad's Miami. Yeah. I know, but they still look good. I mean, they're still an NFL team with NFL players. Uh, so I'm not going to back off the Browns winning the division just yet. Yeah, they got they got smacked in the mouth. Uh, Tennessee came to play. Tennessee was a playoff team last year, and they've improved. So I hate to take anything away from the Titans. They put the smack down, and I hate to I hate overreaction Monday. And they they actually have a a show centered around that on ESPN, overreaction, underreaction. And uh, so I don't want to overreact just Well, I did yet. just pick them against the Jets, no matter the line. Yeah, well, of course, we're going to pick them. Although the Jets almost beat them last year. I was in New Orleans watching that game. They almost lost it. Uh, so I need to see them for like a month. We need to see how they rebound against the Jets, how they play against a, It's such a long season. we got 16 games, man. they got two games versus the Ravens and the Steelers and the Bengals. they yeah, got but so much football. Again, everything that could have gone wrong did. Oh, it did. Everything I you know. didn't want to see, you saw. And Baker's hurt now. I mean, I don't know how you're a Browns fan and you have any hope for this season. That would be irrational. You have watched Browns football your whole life. How on earth could you watch Sunday and go, yeah, this team's going to win the AFC North? Well, you're hoping it just they came out in week one and just... But where does that know. hope come from, right? Patriots fans, when their team falls flat on their face week one, they've got some evidence to back up their hope. 
There's no evidence to back up any of this hope. It's like thinking the Bengals are going to beat the Steelers on Monday Night Football. It's irrational. <laughs> well, it, the hope is the players. I mean, you signed a lot of re- what they think is really good players. So, I mean, OBJ and, and they Chubb also and- traded their second best offensive lineman, Kevin Zeitler. Nobody, nobody talked about that. And, and what was Baker doing all day? Running for his life. Yeah, that could be an issue. That's probably the one thing that would scare me the most is the offensive line. Of course, their tackle did get kicked out before the game basically started. It I wasn't mean, even that good, though. Greg Robinson would have had a horrible game anyway. Well, I mean, it's still a starter. I mean, yeah. You lose a guy from the, the onset, it's not good. But you're right. Uh, that would be the biggest concern. I think Baker will be fine. OBJ will be fine. Chubb's a really good player. He'll be fine. Jarvis Landry's a great player. You know, they got all, they still got tons of talent. they got talent on the defense. Yeah, if they but if they struggle in the offensive line, that's that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, but a team I saw a team with Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco, Terrell Owens, and Cedric Benson. So Terrell Owens led the league in receiving one year. So did Chad Ochocinco. Carson Palmer was an MVP candidate throughout his career, and Cedric Benson also led the NFL in rushing. I saw that team go four and twelve too. It's not about. That, that was just a poorly coached team, bad attitudes in the locker room. The Eagles, Michael Vick, uh, Nomni Asamoah on the outside. They had a bunch of offensive weapons on that team. They failed as well. Uh, you see teams buy offensive weapons and tank all the time in the NFL. And, and what I think we learned the most, Troy, at least we didn't learn, at least we were reminded, that the NFL, the, the margin is razor thin. I mean, put your thumbs together and, and look. That's the margin between most teams in this league. I, I mean, it is that thin. You saw that in the Bengals-Seahawks game. It is about... The small things. We say football's a game of inches all the time, and then when we talk about it, it seems like people tend to ignore it. The small things happen in the margins, and the Browns really lost in the margins, uh, referring to the penalty numbers. We got a caller on the line. Caller, your thoughts on the Browns? Listen, I'm going with the Jets over the Browns this week. I think Adam Gase is a better head coach than Freddie Kitchens. I think the Jets are a more disciplined team, and I think Sam Donald's going to have a rebound game. I, think I really do. I think you're over. See, I. I saying all this about the Browns, but again, if I'm picking games, I think the Browns are built for prime time. I think that they're just going to go out and think that this is the moment they prove everybody wrong. They're ticked off. They'll listen to Freddie this week, right? They'll readjust for a second. I just don't think it's going to carry throughout a long season. But Monday night against the Jets, long week to prepare. Well, listen, even you said, I was just listening to you, even you said that these Browns have won nothing. There is no winning cultural on these Browns. You know, we're not that far removed from a team that went 0-16 just two years ago. I think the Jets, who lost to the Browns last year, are going to go in there with a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to look to get that win back and try to build on success this year. Yeah, not saying the Jets can't win that game. And uh, Le'Veon Bell looked great, by the way. I know he had only 23 carries, 93 yards, but um, he had nine, nine, according to Pro Football Focus, just completely making guys miss. I mean, that led the league last week, so he looked um, pretty incredible. Uh, Connor, I just, to me, it it doesn't really, it just feels like that the Browns, it doesn't really matter that they don't have a winning pass. OBJ's biggest moments have always been in prime time. For this specific game on a Monday night, and who on the Jets is a winner? I mean, who on the Jets has won games in, in, in big wins? Oh, yeah, I mean, you do have, you have people on the Jets who have won games. I mean, C.J. Mosley will... Terrific. That's true. On the defense, there's you know, nobody. That there's the nobody whole on the game with the Jets and the Bills. There's nobody on the Browns like CJ Mosley went out. That whole game changed. I think Baker Mayfield is a better primetime player than Sam Darnold, though. He's just built for it a little bit more. He loves the spotlight. He likes the bright lights. I just think the Browns are going to be unbelievably motivated for no reason on that Monday night game. They'll play Raleigh off emotion, and to me, the Jets didn't impress me at all. 
in their week one game. I think that they're a team that could end up finishing around 500 because they do play in a bad division. Everybody's up on the Bills and Jets. I don't get that. I watched that football game. Neither of those teams looked impressive. Josh Allen, he might be lucky to win a playoff game in his career. I like Darnold. I like Bell. I think the Jets are still in a development phase, and they're just going to run into a buzzsaw that's a talented team coming off a 30-point blowout. I really do think the Browns are going to win in week two, and then I think they'll finish third or fourth in the AFC North because I think the Bengals have a chance to go eight and eight. Last thoughts, Connor, before we run to break. Listen, the one thing that I'm going to say is for defensive coordinator, uh, Greg Williams, you know, he knows the Browns. He knows what they've done last year. You know, it was not that just last year. He was the head coach. So I think he's going to go in there, coach his guys, know how to beat the Browns, and then the Jets will. I don't know. You know I'm a Jet fan. Oh, I know you are a Jet fan. And I'll tell you this, Connor. I think it does help that we have Greg Williams on our side. Connor, I think that you're right. Well, I hope that you're right. I don't think that you're right. I hope I hope that you're right. I, I, I want to be wrong. I want to say this team bounced back because if they go into the tank and lose against the Jets, Browns fans hit that red button. You have Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon on your hands. You have Johnny Manziel being featured in every NFL commercial while he's throwing three picks a game on the field on your hands if they can't beat the Jets on Monday night. And if they get blown out by the Jets, oh, my Lord, tank for two a time in Cleveland, right? Yep. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat Miami. Miami, that tank for two is something. <laughs> they're, they're rare. I don't even think they're an NFL team. I know Troy said they have NFL players, but that is a that is a uh, downward-looking team right there. They're only NFL players because they're on the roster. Thanks for the call, Connor. Correct. Thanks, Lucas. It's Connor Mills. Yeah, he'll appear on the Sports Fan on Wednesday. I think we'll have him in here and then on Fridays as well. Uh, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a break. On the other side, uh, I'm going to get excited a little bit, a little bit about the Cincinnati Bengals, and then we'll reflect on play in high school football around Athens County. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3000. 521 for a free estimate. McFadden Insurance Services is an independent insurance agency in Nelsonville, serving clients all over the Buckeye State. The agency offers prompt and professional service for auto, home, business, and life insurance coverage that fits their customers' needs. Get in touch with their friendly staff today at 740-753-1905. McFadden Insurance Services is a proud sponsor of local athletics on Power 105 slash 970 WATH and WATHSportsFan.com. At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. 
Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan 970 WATH, 97.1 FM. Troy Ball and Lucas Moore in studio. Phone lines open, 740-592-6646. Did I say it slow enough for you? You notice Browns fans pretty quiet. We only got a call from a Jets fan. I don't think the Browns fans are going to be calling confident about anything. I would love to hear from a Browns fan. And we will stop any conversation we're having for you. I would love for a Browns fan to call in. 740-592-6646. Who is staying quiet in the preseason and be honest about it and had a feeling that this could happen and you're really regretting how much all the rest of your fandom talked in the offseason. You're not going to find that person. You don't think so? No. Every Browns fan was so optimistic. They've been waiting for for a team for God knows how long. But, like, I, I've i seen this before. Why is this surprising to everybody? We've seen this before from the Cleveland Browns. It's like we... It's they haven't like been this talented. They haven't had this kind of talent in a long time. I don't know. I feel like we could go back to sports talk a bunch of times and say, wow, they've got a lot of talent. Wow, they've yeah. got a lot of talent. Wow, they've got a lot Dude, of they talent. they haven't had a quarterback in 30 years. Yeah, I, the it Baker... starts there. The Baker thing has pushed it over the edge, but... I mean, if you take out games against the Cincinnati Bengals, Baker wasn't that good last year. And the Bengals' defense was horrific, and they had given up on their coach. And that, and that's a perfect way for me to just put in my quick thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals in that what I said before the season is if the Bengals want to be a team that makes the playoffs this year, then the gap in coaching acumen between Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor needs to be a Grand Canyon wide. Well, I'll tell you today that it might be a Grand Canyon wide. I'm not sure, but it might be. It might be. I think that there's definitely a difference. We just need to see a few more weeks like this. I mean, Andy Dalton had a career high in yards and a career high in completions without A.J. Green on the field. And they have the Seahawks dead to rights. They outplayed the Seahawks in every single statistical metric except turnovers. And I, I turnovers are what matters, but one was rain-driven where it slipped out of Andy Dalton's hand, so the weather in Seattle kind of played a factor in it. Plus, the Bengals missed a 45-yard field goal in a game they lost by one, and they had a questionable decision to punt in that fourth quarter on a fourth down and seven that I didn't really agree with. So the Bengals, at some points in that game, were 70%, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, to win that game. 70% win probability. They outplayed the Seahawks. They were the better team, it looked like, against the Seattle Seahawks at times, for sure. Russell Wilson, he made some game-changing plays. He's incredible. I like the Seahawks this year. I think they're going to be a playoff team. But the Bengals, they showed some real competitiveness, Troy. They look like a team that's going to fight, and their defensive line looks ferocious. Sam Hubbard, the former Ohio State Buckeye, with two sacks. Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings all played very, very well on that Cincinnati defensive line. Still don't like the linebacking core, but they were... Average. Average. If they can just be average, the Bengals' defense can can be pretty good. And if Andy Dalton is resurgent under Zach Taylor, they get A.J. Green back into this offense. I mean, there's no reason this team can't go 8-8. Eight eight. What happened to uh, Joe Mixon? Because yeah, I was playing him Got on my face. Got a sprained ankle. Uh-huh. They, they, might, they might, didn't have Joe either. I mean, that's a huge part of yeah, their Yeah, might miss week two. 
I don't care. I was playing him in fantasy. I'm glad he hit the bench. I got to be honest. I'm really happy <laughs> that it, he only had three points, and I'm watching him. I, or I wasn't watching him. I don't. I don't have the ticket or whatever. I can only watch what games are on my t- television. So of course I just watch my phone, and I'm thinking, wow, why is Mixon only have three points? I was pretty happy about it. That's that's sad that this is where we've gotten to, as a uh, as a football fan society. That I'm like I'm glad when the guy that you know I, I still cheer for the Bengals. You think I'm a Browns fan? I'm not, I'm not a Browns fan. I spent like years just trashing the Browns to the point where my buddies get mad at me. I just I just gravitate from certain teams that I like. I like college players, and then when they go to the pros, I like them. And uh, I liked what the Browns did. I I thought they had a lot of you know talent coming back. And to be honest with you, I'm really good friends with people that are just. I watched them just get ate up by year after year of misery. So I was like, kind of like pulling for them, man. They're my buddies, and I felt bad for them that they cheer for this team that's just atrocious. So I was kind of helping them out. I wanted to, you know, get on the Browns bandwagon with them and kind of hope that they were that would be good. Uh, but in the end, I'm still closer to Cincinnati. I'm a Reds fan, and I've always cheered for the Bengals. Uh, so, but it's sad that I'm sitting here looking and saying, "Wow, good Mixon's hurt on my fantasy team." <laughs> That's just it's horrible. It's yeah, a horrible it way to be, man. But that's what fantasy football. And You're a horrible is. person. You're I know. Well, person. I'm not the only one, man. This is going on for a few years now. That when fantasy football got so popular, you're one of many horrible people, I suppose. Uh, but uh, Bengals eight and eight. I mean, I'll eight pull up the schedule. Yeah, Hold yeah. on, eight we'll, and eight sounds legit. We'll pull up the schedule. We'll go through it um, because I looked at it last night, and if you're telling well, me that, what after- was the over under we tried to get on? What was that? Remember at the beginning of the year we were talking about it, and oh, the were, Bengals were five and a half. Yeah, something low, something man. Something like that. And you were saying the over, and I was saying the under, because I was th- I was saying 0-16. Oh, no. No way. <laughs> but, uh, if they play like they did, they, they, they're they not going to go. Oh, uh, yeah, they're better than what I thought they would be. Okay, how about this? Home against the Niners next week. It's winnable. That's definitely winnable. I, I think they'll win that game, to be honest. Home opener, those fans will actually be excited in Cincinnati for the first time since the last time they've been in the playoffs. Is that what time is that game? Uh, 1 p.m. Hmm. And then they're at the Bills. They'll win that game. That's That's a 1 p.m. kick. I really do think the Bengals will be 2-1, and one, some excitement, going into Monday night against the Steelers. And then here's the difference, Zach Taylor. Can he get his team to play on prime time? Can he get him to beat the Steelers, man? Who cares yeah, about oh, prime my, time? Just beat Pittsburgh. Prime time against the Steelers. Like, if they win that game and are 3-1, and one, then Zach Taylor is a Grand Canyon of difference, and I will be very excited about <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals football. I'll tell you that. Then they get the Cardinals at home. I think they'll win that game. But let's go ahead and assume they lose the Steelers game. If they beat the Cardinals at home, that puts them at three and two. They lose to the Ravens on the road, three and three. I think they beat the Jags at home, four and three. Lose to the Rams at the road, four and four. Home against the Ravens, probably going to lose that one, four and five. At the Raiders, five and five. Home against the Steelers, five and six. Home against the Jets, I think they win that game, six and six. Then I think they split against the Browns, putting them at seven and seven. And then they lose to the Pats and beat the Dolphins, finish eight and eight. Man, why didn't you tell me that? I could have bet the over at five and a half, you jerk. Well, I didn't think they'd lose to the Seahawks by one. Although I did bet the Bengals plus nine and a half because I didn't think that they would. This is the healthiest they'll be all year. I mean, that five and a half is looking about as good as the Bengals, or I mean, the Bobcats seven and a half that I got. My goodness. I'm not sure how comp- like the Bobcats better beat Marshall, or that seven and a half is going to uh, be I'm precarious. Still com- I'm still confident even if they lose to Marshall. Well, if they lose to Marshall and Louisiana, you will be sweating. They're not going to lose. They're not. They're, no, wait a second. Back up there, Sparky. They're not losing to Louisiana. You're killing me here. At home? I don't uh, know. That's going to be a close game, man. Uh, it's a tough non con man. This happened to me last year. I'm not happy about <laughs> it. I'm very disappointed in my man, Ryan Boyd. He's supposed to be my buddy. He's supposed to be the, the Ohio University Intel. And he was telling me, man, that's a great bet. That's a great bet. I took the Bobcats. And they failed to cover. 
Well, let's him. just hope that Nathan Rourke really was that sick and that affected by, you know, his sickness. All right, let's talk about uh, the TBC Ohio and some county teams. Athens looked the most impressive um, outside of Alexander. Alexander beat Burn Union. They were the most impressive team over the weekend, but, uh, but Athens had the toughest competition with the Jackson Ironman coming back in that game. Joey Moore, fantastic again. 258 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, another 66 on the ground. Was actually better in a lot of aspects against Jackson than he was against Waverly, and Jackson's a better defense than the Waverly Tigers. I guarantee you that. Athens is a really dangerous team in the TVC Ohio, and it might just be Athens-Alexander as the the top two teams in the conference, and they play each other week four uh, to open up conference play for the Athens Bulldogs. So it could be uh, really interesting here in Athens County. Um, although Nelson v. York, I think they'll have something to say because I, I hate, this is what I said on the Vinton County Viking Red Zone podcast, I think when we make predictions or talk about moving power rankings in terms of high school football, we should never change our opinion on a team after watching a result that we expected. Like, you shouldn't think less of Nelson York after they were blown out by Fort Fry because any objective viewer kind of thought that they were going to get blown out by Fort Fry. Fort Fry is a top 20 team in the state at Division Six. They're a team that's going to threaten in the playoffs. They're a big threat to Trimble, a team that just uh, blew you out the week prior at 35 to nothing. So I'm not really going to change my opinion on Nelson York, although I, they need to keep Keegan Wilburn healthy. That's, that's huge uh, for the rest of their season. Um, they need to do that if they want to have success this year. But Alexander, the reason I changed my opinion on them, Troy, you did not expect them to blow out Burn Union on the road. D7 playoff team, and that's exactly what they did. I was comfortable with them winning. That's why I picked them. Um, but that performance, that was surprising to me. Not a whole lot. I don't really hold Burn Union in a real high regard. Well, so, it, I mean, put, that's one thing. But well, the projection models had Burn Union as a favorite. Yeah, I, I never thought Burn Union was going to win that football game. I, I didn't know how bad Alexander would win, but I felt comfortable. But i I, I got to be honest. I mean, my, my perception of Nelsonville York did change just a little bit because I didn't think they would allow Fort Fry to hang 61 on them. Um, I mean, I, I had I had my buddies that are, that down in Belpery that were at the Belpery-Fort Fry game. I mean, Fort, Belpery was with Fort Fry for half, and they, they were telling me, and they still told me after this week, they're like, I asked them flat out, it was who's better, Trimble or Fort Fry? And they're like, oh, my God, Trimble's way better. And they've seen Trimble, and they've seen Fort Fry. They saw them back-to-back weeks, and they're still saying the same thing. They're backing that up. So I was thinking, and I was hoping Nelson New York would go over, right the ship on offense, do some different things, and let them score 61 points, man. That I was hoping the Trimble-Nelson New York thing would be an admiration and that just Nelson Trimble was so fired up. It was in Gloucester, yada, 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 all those things. Keegan's banged up a little bit. I thought they would go over to Fort Fry and give the cadets a game. And it was the furthest thing from it. They gave up almost, what, 40 points at halftime, Lucas. So, yeah, my vision, my view of them has dropped it just a little bit. I just don't think we should do the same thing we did last year, which, remember, everybody was like, Nelson York might be the worst team of the TVC Ohio. Everybody shoved them at the bottom of their power rankings, and everybody did. Don't make me go back and pull it out, um, because everybody did. I remember the conversations. I remember everybody being down on the, on the Buckeyes. They were fifth or sixth, and they ended up being what? Four and two in conference. Yeah, I never thought that because I know the TVC so well. I always thought Nelson York would be right there, and actually they got beat by Vinton County, so I think they were right on par with what I thought they would be last year. And I think about the same thing this year, man. I, I well, okay, four and can, two in the conference. If they just beat Vinton County, then they're going to be in a week ten game to decide the conference against Athens. And how much different is that from every year prior? I don't, I don't know how much different that is. Hmm. It's just different because you Nelson York is high, is held to a little bit of a higher standard. 
I, I, I expect league championships. I expect playoffs. I expect eight and two, seven and three. I expect tough teams. I never expect Nelson New York to give up sixty one points ever. Ever do I expect that? How about Athens against Jackson? I mean, Joey Moore looked excellent. Excellent. Once he figured out that it's not that bad um, to get hit by Jackson, I think as soon as he figured that out, which a lot of young quarterbacks need to figure out in their career, hey, it's not that bad. No matter who they are, it's not that bad. Um, As soon as he figured that out and started really having confidence in himself, he tore up Jackson. Um, He tore him up. And that that should really terrify the rest of the TVC Ohio because there are players on that Jackson defense that would win Defensive Player of the Year in the TVC Ohio. There's probably three or four of them. Yeah, um, I wish I would have got to see the second half because all I saw was the first half, and it was not good. But uh, you saw him move the ball. You saw him put up 100 yards of offense even in a bad half and are two, were two throws away from being down five. I mean, Joey missed two open touchdown passes. Yeah, you're right. The one, the one where he let, put too much air under it. If he had hit that, Athens would have maybe been well. They would have won the game. Wouldn't Athens would have if 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 Joey Moore. I think he even knew. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the, the, wide open, right over the over middle. middle yeah. And he just, sure. if he would have just zipped the ball in there, that'd have been. An and then he had he had a slant route where I think he made a little incorrect decision, but there were two open receivers in the end zone. Mm. I I really do think that if Joey Moore had had nine weeks of experience, if they play that game in Week Ten, I think they beat Jackson. Um, so I got to turn scary. my picks into the messenger, man. Who should I take? Athens or Parkersburg South? Yes, Athens. Have you seen South? Are no, they, I don't um, care. They beat Parkersburg South last year. They're going to win. Athens did? Yeah. I don't remember playing them. What was the score? Oh, I'll pull it up right Of course, now. we were a different team last year, my friend. So oh, if Athens would have had their line from last year, they might have blown out Jackson. Yeah, we're a completely different team than we were a year ago, so it's kind of irrelevant. Um, hmm, it's tough, man. Got to go across the river. West Virginia referees. Yeah, Athens won that game by 10 last year. Yikes. It's a tough game, man. And I think South, they blew out their first two opponents. So they did, they did that same thing last year. Didn't they? I thought they lost to the university. They lost to university, but Dana Holgerson's son was quarterback. In that yeah, so they were 1-1 one one when Athens played him? Yes. They're 2-0 and oh now. So maybe they're a little bit better, but I think Joey Moore's figured it out. I think he's going to be dangerous. Even if they do lose that game, Athens, they might not win every TVC Ohio game. But they will be the favorite in every game. And if they play their game, I think they'll win every one. Hear that music? That's the end of the show. For Troy Bolin and Lucas Moore, I'm Lucas Moore. This has been The Sports Fan, 970 WATH. We'll see you tomorrow.